0: Before Thanksgiving, we were trying to find God in the midst of all of our crises. We were trying to find how sinners like us could talk to a holy God like him. And Job finally came to the conclusion, I need a mediator. I need a, I need a go-between. He said, I need a daysman, somebody that can lay his hand on God. Lay his hand on me. And of course we know who that is. None other than our great high priest. The mediator of the everlasting covenant. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. We've been saying it like this. Turn to the gospel according to Job. Because thousands of years before Christ condescended. And he came in the manger. He revealed himself through the Old Testament. And when you come to the gospel of Job, there are eight manifestations of Christ. He found out that he's the Christ of his crisis. We've been looking at that one named Jesus in the book of Job, who's always there to help us in the time of need. And we looked at him as the... One that comes when nobody else can even get to where we are. We found him to be the representing one. The one that represents us to God. Then we found out that he's the recording one. He said, my record is on high and God's keeping this record. Found out that he's the redeeming one. I know that my redeemer liveth found out that he is the refining one and when he hath tried me I shall come forth as what gold and we found out that in the midst of our trouble he's God always has been God and always will be God but I want you to come quickly to the last chapter of the story of Job And you'll find that he is the rewarding one. He is the one that makes it worth every mile of the trip. He is the one that when it's all said and done, restores us completely. I believe if you could put a title on chapter 42, it'd be this. It pays to serve God. If you could put a Bible verse on this, it would be, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You could put Ecclesiastes 8.11 on this. The end of a thing is better than the beginning thereof. You sure could put James chapter number 5 where Job's patient worked a perfect work in his heart and in his life. While you may be able to fold Simon Peter's philosophy and on that, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt thee in due time. And I'm glad on the other side of the storm, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. I love the way chapter 41 begins. It says, and the Lord answered Job. He had a whole bunch of questions, 40 chapters of questions. And in chapter 41, it said, and the Lord answered Job. And I'll tell you how wise the sovereign God is. He always answers a question with some more questions. So God said, Job, it's your turn. Let me ask you some stuff. And I love the way chapter 42 begins, and Job Answered the Lord. We ought to call recess and shout for 30 minutes right there. That Job, God asked him some questions. And God asked Job some questions. And Job asked God some questions. And I'm glad both of them got an answer. And when God answers Job in chapter number 42, the end of the story, He reminds Job that, it's been worth every mile of the trip. He reminds Job that the world, the flesh, the devil, enemies, storms, setbacks, disappointments can ever take from you more than I can put into your life. I wonder if there's anybody today could say amen to this fact. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There are two text verses of Job 42 that I believe that sets before us the fact that he is the rewarding one. He's the one that makes it worth the toil and the trouble. Look, if you will, in Job chapter number 42 and look what it says in verse number 10. We'll go back to this verse in a moment. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Oh, I'm glad God can turn it around. That seemingly mountain you can't climb, God can turn it around. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And also the Lord, say this out with me, And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. In the margin of your Bible, write down this phrase in parentheses, only God. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and gave him twice as much as he had before. If that's not enough to convince us, come down to verse 12 of chapter 42. So the Lord blessed, underline this, the latter end of Job. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had, I love this, for he had 14,000 sheep. That's equivalent to 14,000 Cadillacs. And 6,000 camels. That's equivalent of 6,000 f one fifty four four-wheel drive pickup trucks. And a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she-asses. That means he found some women to wait on him. Say amen right there. But the Bible said that he had more in the end than he had in the beginning. I went to school and they taught me if you start with ten and take away one, you got nine. And then they told me if you've got eight and you take away one, you have seven. And then they told me if you got seven and you take away five, then you got two. And then they told me if you got two and take away ten, you're in the negatives. But let me tell you how God's mathematic works. You have Nothing. And God gives you everything. Can I stop and say that again? You had nothing. But God gives you everything. And only God can take and take and take and take. And you wound up with more and more and more. Because there's no boundaries, borders, limits to what God can do. For this heavenly days man is the rewarding one. And Job finds out in the end that the rewarding one is the restoring one. God not only changed it, but he changed it good. Changed it right. Two principles in the text this morning. I want you to see, number one, I want you to see Job's response. And then I want you to see God's response reward. Now Job has no idea that his response is connected to God's reward. We're going to see that God restores according to Job's response. You say, well I went through something and it didn't work out right. A lot of times that's not God's fault. In fact, no time is that God's fault. It's ours. I cannot control what happens. But through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I can control the response. I also learned in school, if you fail the grade, you take it again. I wonder if there's anybody here today besides me. Uh, You probably could have avoided some stuff. If you'd have passed it the first time. God is going to reward Job. God is going to restore Job. But it's linked to Job's response. Let me give you in the text today four ways Job responded to God on the other side of his storm. Look in chapter number 42 and verse 1. And underline the first two words. I know. Job, what do you know? And he's talking to God. I know that thou canst do everything. He said, God, I learned something through this. You can do it all. God, I learned through this. You can handle it all. God, I've learned through this and I've come out with absolute knowledge. I know, I know, I know. Man, wouldn't it be awful to live your whole life and never learn anything? But Job learns in this storm. Job learns in this affliction. And he comes out and he says, I know. I didn't know before, but I know now. Glory to God. What do you know? I know God can do anything. There is nothing, God, you cannot do. There is no mountain you cannot move. There is no ocean you cannot ford. There is no valley you cannot exalt. There is no burden you cannot carry. I know, God, you can do anything. Let me ask you this today. How many of you know? I didn't say, have you heard? I don't want to say, have you been told? But I wonder if there's anybody here today who raise their hand and say, I know. While they were singing that song, I I said to Brother Blythe, I've been afraid to do a lot of things. I've been afraid to preach. I've been afraid to sing. I've been afraid to walk out of the house. But I've never been afraid to put all my trust in the sovereign God of heaven. You know why? Because I know there are two words for knowing the Bible. One is imparted knowledge. You just know cause you know. How many knows you got to breathe? God put that in you when he made you. You don't have to pray about breathing. You don't have to think about breathing. You just inherit knowledge. Breathe. Oh, but there's another word for knowledge and it's truth and knowledge gained by experience. I'm glad through experience. I know. I know I can trust God. I know I should trust God. And I know by faith I will trust God. He said, I know. I didn't know before. But I know now. Come down to verse number five. Underline this phrase in verse 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. Underline this phrase. But now my mine eye seeth thee. Not only he says, now I know. He said, now I see. If you will compare chapters 1 and 2 to chapters 41 and 42, in the middle of those chapters, it looks like Job has gone blind. In fact, he has so gone blind that he said, I looked around for God and I couldn't find him. I looked on my right, I looked on my left, and I just couldn't find God in my crisis. But he said, but when I can't find God, he knoweth the way that I take. Chapters 1 and chapter number 2, he's blind. He's staggering through all of his circumstances in a world of darkness. And to make matters worse, he's got three Baptist friends arguing with him, trying to figure out what's wrong in his life. But when Job didn't know and Job's wife didn't know and Job's friends didn't know, standing somewhere in the shadows was a sovereign God of heaven that knows the way through the wilderness and he steps out on the other side and says, I see it. I have heard with my ear, but now my eyes seeth Have you ever tried to figure something out and all of a sudden one day the scales are lifted, the confusion is gone, the clouds are dispersed, and you go, wow, I see it. How many remember the first year you lived with your new companion? Your mama made Jiffy peanut butter. Their family ate Peter Pan peanut butter. Your family had popcorn for a midnight snack. Her family had sardines. And boys, you know you done hooked up to a redneck girl. If she's a sardine eater, can I get a witness? And boy, you're wondering how to get along with him. She's a wondering how, you're wondering how to get along with her. And finally, one day, fellas, you see it. Shut up. Oh, now I see. Anybody ever had the curse of having algebra? Oh. Algebra one is the tribulation period. Algebra two is the great white throne judgment. And what comes after that is the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone. But all of a sudden, man, I see it. What I could not compute, what I could not configure, I see it. Has anybody here ever wondered, why is this happening? God, where are you? Do you really love me? This this wouldn't happen if you did. You're blinded by your uncontrollable circumstances. But aren't you glad on the other side, he said, not only I know, I see, I see, I see. And I love who he saw when he saw what he saw. Did I get my saws right? I love who he saw when he seen what he needed to see. My eyes seeth thee. I see you. God, I see you. I see your provision. I see your plan. I see your purposes. God, you was in control all along. But aren't you glad when you can't see? You just trust God till the sun shines again. And on the other side, you'll say, I know, I see. Praise God and the Lamb forever. Number three, look at the text. Verse number six. I know, I see. But look down at verse number six. Job says, wherefore I abhor myself and repent and dust and ashes. He not only says, I see, I know, but he now says, I repent. The word repent means a change of mind and direction. He said, Lord, I've been wrong about some things and I've not done all things right. But Lord, on the other side of this, I repent. Lord, what you want in my life is the most important anyway. And Lord, whatever's wrong, I want to make it right. I repent. You know what happens to Job in chapter 42? He gets right with God. And that's all God was wanting anyway is for Job to have a closer relationship. Because when you're as wealthy as Job and as healthy as Job and as spiritual as Job and as strong as Job, it would be easy to trust in money and wealth and health and even self. But when the money's gone and the health is gone and the friends is gone and there's nothing left but God, Job said, Lord, that's what you wanted all the time. You wanted my affection. You wanted my love. You wanted my trust. You wanted my faith. I repent. I just want to get right with the Lord. And I wonder how many would love to join Job this morning and say, God, I just want to get right with you. And then number four, notice his response in verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job, shout out loud with me now, when he did what? I don't have a problem praying for people that's encouraged me. Well, them people that's done everything they could to discourage me, I struggle praying for them. But when you've been brought to the end of yourself and realize you're nothing, you realize everybody else is around you is nothing. So Job says, I know, I see, I repent. But now he says, I'm just going to (laughs) pray. And how many will agree with me? You can't pray if you don't believe. And you can't pray if you don't trust. And all God was wanting Job was a better prayer life. And I want to say this to Job and I want to say this to Joseph and I want to say it to all the other hard head, knuckleheads. Anybody fits that description in the room this morning. I feel like saying, Job, if that wasn't enough to teach you to pray, if that wasn't enough to teach you how much you needed God in your life, Job, if that wasn't enough to bring you to your knees, what is it going to take? You say preacher I believe the Lord allowed me to go through this so I would stand tall on the other side. Nope. God put you through this so on the other side you'd bow before God and say Lord I love you today and I worship you today and I need you today because you'll never be more strong facing your trials than when you are on your knees depending upon God. No longer is it Job and money and Job and health and Job and wealth and Job Job and his friends and Job and his family. It's Job and God. It's God and Job and Job and God. Because on the other side, I'm glad when nothing else stands, there'll be God and it's time to pray. And he prayed for his friend. How many of you remember every once in a while some sayings your parents had? I can't even tell you some of them in public. But I'll tell you some of the good ones. I mean, I've seen people lie to my daddy, scheme my daddy, rip off my daddy, abuse my daddy, and I'd get so mad watching that take advantage of a good man And I'd say, Dad, you need to do something about that. You know, I was 12. I'm like all of y'all that's 12. I thought I knew everything. You need to do something about that. And More than a thousand times, Rod, That Holy Ghost filled preacher said, if God don't want to do nothing about it, it don't matter if I want to or not. If it don't bother God enough to fix it, stop it, start it, why should it bother me? And daddy would say, son, if they can live with it, I just need to learn to live without it. I said, but daddy, if they were saved, they wouldn't have done that. He said, who said they were? Daddy, if they had a conscience, they wouldn't have done that. He'd say, who said they had one? But then he would look at me and say, are you saved? Yes, sir. Do you have a conscience? Yes, sir. You keep yourself right. Clean up your own backyard. Mow your own grass. Trim your own driveway. Job realized, Lord, I can't do it without you. And I'm going to pray for my friends. Lord, I know they doubted me. They questioned me. They accused me. God, nobody believed in me. But you're not going to get through your storm about how much somebody believes in you. You're going to get through your storm on how much you believe in God. And let me just say this the next time you put somebody in your life and you let them defeat you, you let them discourage you, you let them hinder you, you let them knock you out of the way, you are committing the worst form of idolatry. You're putting somebody in God's place. It's God that saved you. It's God that regenerated you. It's God that called you. It's God that's been blessing you. It's God that's coming for you. It is It's God that's lifted your burden, solved your problems, exalted your valley, lowered their skies. It's you and God. It's you and God. It's you and God. And God is enough. Woo His response. Job said, I know. I see. I repent. I'm on pray. I'm going to maintain my own integrity. And I'm going to leave it with God. Because God knows how to fix it. In closing this morning, I want you to see not only Job's response, but look at the text. I want you to see God's reward. Hmm. I want you to see Job's response, but I want you to see God's restoration. Let me say it like this. I want you to see how Job humbled himself. And I want you to see how God lifted him up. I want you to see how God puts his approval on Job's faith and patience. Three things in the text I want you to see. Number one, notice what it says in verse number seven. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words, number one, God spoke. He finally heard from God. And can I say the greatest reward you'll ever get is when you get a word from God. It seems as though heaven's been brass and heaven has been silenced. But now God cleans off a spot in the corners of eternity and said, we have heard from the devil in chapter two. We've heard from your friends from chapter three to chapter number 39. But Job, it's time I got me a piece and I want to say my part. And God got to speaking. And God got to talking. And God got to declaring his holy word. And can I remind you, I've heard enough about me and I've heard enough about them and I've heard enough about they. But I wonder how many of this morning you're a candidate for the sovereign God of heaven to knock the gable into your soul out and say, you need to hear from me. You need to hear from me. You need to hear from me. Brother, you can make it on the other side when you got a word from God. Woo. And the Lord speak. And you and I like about it when God speaks everybody else. Because his word is so powerful. Listen to this statement. When God, boy, this ain't good English, but it's good preaching. Wade, you go to sleep. Don't you pin up. I I, I murdered a language like this. Because when God speaks, ain't nothing else left to say. I enjoyed that so much, I'm going to say it again. Because when God speaks, there ain't nothing left to say. Because you talking after God talks, it's like a firecracker after a thunder of lightning. It's about like that fellow survived a little flood on Main Street. And he never could get over surviving that flood. Every time he went to church, every time he testified, he had to tell about getting out of that John boat and surviving that flood. Well, that old boy died, went to heaven, and he goes up to St. Peter, and St. Peter finds his name in the book, and he says, come on in. And he said, St. Pete, let me ask you something. As soon as I get in, can I talk about my flood? St. Peter said, yep, as soon as Noah gets through testifying, you have at it. Lord, the voice of God cannot be duplicated. And I wonder if there's anybody in this room, you've heard the voice of God echo in the chambers of your soul. And I want to say what Jesus said about it in the tenth chapter of the gospel, according to John. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and a stranger they will not follow. I want to tell you we need a word from God. And God spake. God spoke up. I love this, number two. Look, if you will, in verse number 10, the Lord not only spake, but in verse 10, it says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. God spake. God turned. God turned it around. God said, look at it from another point of view, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. You say, preacher, I got a child going in the wrong direction. God can turn him around. Preacher, I walked in this room this morning and my life is headed in the wrong direction. My God, you've come to the right place. God can turn it around. Boy, I was in church the other day, and this preacher was making announcements, and I never wanted to tell anybody to be so quiet. And all I mean it's so a bad in all my life. He got. He said, "Glad to have you tonight. Welcome to our service." But I want to warn you: if you come in here and you're a drinking and a cussing and a raising the devil, and you're just a wicked person, you've come to the wrong place. That can only happen in a Baptist church. That can only happen in an independent fundamental no literature King James only. Schofield 179X Redback Hymnal Church. I'm on the front seat and I'm boiling. I'm boiling. My hair is melting in the skull of my brain. I lost seven more hairs during that announcement. And I'm my girl, I'm boiling inside, and I'm gracious, I'm kind, I'm a gentleman. <laughs> Most of the time. You See, if I ever do anything for you, brother, you know your pastor tries to be kind. I'll tell you one thing, if I was on a self-esteem trip, I'd be sunk this morning. I'm trying to act like a gentleman. But it broke out on me. Wesley, I'm sorry. I failed the test. He said, Dr. Arthur, come on up here and give us a word. I said, thank you, Pastor. My word is this. According to Jeremiah chapter number 18, the potter and the clay, if you're in this service and you're on your way to hell, lost without God, coming about the things of life, my God almighty, you've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. I'm going to tell you, when you come to God, when you come to God, God, somebody help me right there. When you come to God, you've come to the right place. Mm. Woo! I felt like Elvis. Whole lot of shaking going on. Say amen right now. Aren't you glad you come to the right place when you come to Him? Praise the Lord. God spake. Where's my glasses? God spake. That's what you hire staff members for. God turned. And I close with this. We're going to be out by 10 after. Verse 12. Whew. The Lord spake, and the Lord turned. But look at verse 12, and the Lord blessed. Please don't tell that guy that preaches against emotions I'm doing this. And so the Lord blessed. Jerry, if that was the only part in the whole Bible, it'd be enough to crank up a shouting spell. And the Lord blessed. And the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. And the Lord blessed.